Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited for you to join us today. To find out more about us, visit highway.com.au. As I said to you, this is the year of the mouth in the Hebrew calendar. Very, very important. It matters what you say. I don't know what you've been speaking over your lives. Can I have the house lights up a little bit? I just can't see anybody. It doesn't matter what you speak in your life, but it does matter. Okay, if you're not speaking what God says, you'll be living what you say. And I don't want to do that. And I've had a word brewing in my spirit for, um, I'd say, over a year. This word has been brewing. We were in the SDA building one morning, and God spoke very clearly to me. I, I, didn't, I was not feeling emotional before I got up here. So, <laughs> But when God speaks, and he says something to you that you can't yet see, okay, it is really, really hard sometimes to go, really, is that going to happen? But he actually spoke something to my heart way back when we were in the SDA building over a year ago. And the words he said to me was, bumper crop. And I'm like, bumper crop, looking around, saying, I can't see any bumper crop. <laughs> you might be in the same place in your life. But when he said it, and, I, and when he says something to me, sometimes I let it sit for a little while because I don't understand what it means. And um, towards the end of the year last year, we got together, Highway Brave Woman went up to Orme, and God gave me the same word again. And I'm like, okay, bumper crop. And he was talking about as we come together, as we come into a house like this, there's possibility for bumper crop because we come together. And over Christmas time, again, I think even Pastor Anne came here in December and preached a word, and I remember her saying bumper crop. You may not have remembered, but it was like, well, okay, I'm listening. Then I go away, and Esther texts me, and she says, there's just something about this word bumper crop. <laughs> I'm like, yes, there is. And I could feel it stirring. And I didn't feel that it was time yet to give, bring this word until last week after Pastor Andrew Evans spoke. And I knew God was saying, time for the bumper crop. You see, prophecy, when you start to declare with your mouth, when I said it's a year of the mouth, and you start to declare with your mouth, what you're declaring is something often that you cannot yet see. Often it's something that your circumstance around you cannot yet identify with what you're saying. But prophecy calls your future in to the present. And prophecy is very, very important. Our church has had the word over it, awake. Why would God say awake to us? Generally, if you're sleeping, you can relax and have a good time. But when you're awake, usually it's because you've got things to do. Church, you've got things to do. It's time to wake up. Something is coming. Jesus says to his disciples in the Garden of Gethsemane, he says, wake up. Don't go to sleep. Wake up. What do they do? They kept falling asleep. But why did he want them to stay awake? Because something was coming that was really important. He needed to be awake. And so this year, it is time that we start to prophesy over our future. And I prophesy over our future. Highway Gilson, I prophesy this morning, bumper crop. Now that word bumper, really interesting. And originally it was called bumper and it meant a cup filled to the brim, overflowing with wine. Like, I actually like that. I'm like, you know, we're Christians, so wine represents the Holy Spirit. I'm like, I'll take that. Awesome. But adding crop to it adds another dimension about harvest doesn't it? And bumper crop together actually means something really big, something like an exceedingly amazing harvest, more than you would usually expect. And for us as a church, bumper crop speaks to me, chains breaking, your breakthrough coming, growth, amazing growth over your lives, miracles breaking forth, 
and it speaks to me of things that we didn't expect happening. Happening. Imagine how farmers feel when they get a bumper crop. Like, they'd be really excited, wouldn't they? And, you know, I thought about the original mandate God spoke of his church. He said, what? Take dominion, walk in power and authority, be fruitful, multiply. Speaks to me bumper crop right there, right from the beginning. Genesis, hello. And I think this year God wants all of us to walk into that. So I'm going to prophesy. I'm believing for it. I'm praying for it. And then God reminded me, what was the scripture we've been through in highway over the last couple of years? Ephesians 3.20. Can you quote it to me? Okay, I'm listening. Now, thanks be unto God. Yes, now unto him who's able to do what? What? Abundantly. Yes, what else? Above all that we could ever ask. And I'm just going to add the amplified. Think, dream, or even imagine. According to what? The power that lives in us. Do you know that word power? In the Greek is the word dunamis. Dunamis means explosive power. So there's explosive power inside of us. Like, wow, something is about to happen. And I believe that this, this year, okay, God wants to bring increase into your life more than you've ever, ever imagined was possible. Okay, we don't have any imagination of what God can do because he is amazing and he is big. And I felt as I was praying through this word, the Lord said to me, we're entering into a season of Joseph harvest. And I looked up. I think it's Genesis 41, it says, during the next seven years of plenty, the land produced bumper crops. Joseph gathered up the food for the seven good years in Egypt and stored the food in cities. In each city, he stockpiled surplus from the surrounding fields. Guess how much he collected? Joseph collected so much grain, it was like the sand of the ocean that he finally quit keeping track. Wow, the bumper crop fed a nation. Church, the bumper crop is always about people. It's always about others. And I believe we're, you know, 2020, double blessing, crazy increase, but an increase of power and authority in his church, that dunamis power flowing through his church. And I believe God works in times and seasons, you know, and there's seed time and there's harvest. Now in seed time, you, you sow and you sow and you sow. We've been in that season, but in harvest time, what happens in harvest time? It's a very busy time, okay? All hands have to be on deck, and it's time to be awake and bring in the harvest. You cannot be sitting on your seat in harvest time. Everyone puts their hand to the, to the plow. And, you know, I think of the Greek words on time. The word chronos, which means ordinary time, our ordinary, when we're going sowing seeds, we're doing the normal, and then there's this kairos time. And kairos time is the appointed time where something amazing from heaven happens. Now, when Jesus came to this world, it was a kairos moment, okay? He came to fulfill prophecies. There are prophecies in this word, actually from start to finish, all about him. And he came to fulfill what had been said about him. But do you know what? There are prophecies still in this book that are yet to be fulfilled, and so the prophet Joel, he starts to prophesy over our days. Way back then, he starts to prophesy what was coming. And he says, there's a trumpet call coming. A trumpet call would be sounded. This trumpet call would, call the, it would herald the coming of back of the Lord Jesus. Okay? It would be to wake up the people. Wake up. Something's coming. And what he says, he says in this, in this chapter in Joel, he says, he's about to raise up a mighty army. And, and I've been singing that song, Break Every Chain. It says, there's an army rising up. Okay, if you can sing that, sing with me. There's an army rising up. Where's Mark? Louder. There's an army 
rising up. Okay, so Joel prophesied that to break every chain. To break every chain, to bring a bumper crop. So Joel, way back then, starts to speak about this day, 2020. He's speaking about what I'm talking about, because we're about to step into something. It's exciting. And this is what he says. He says, this army, okay, is unstoppable. They're going to look like war horses. They're going to march like warriors. Never jostling for position. No one is about who's more important and who's not. They never break rank. They break through defenses. They are a mighty army, united in heart and cause. And we're going to pick it up in verse 11. It says, the Lord is at the head of the column. And you know what it says in Revelations? He's riding a white horse. And he's going across the land and saying, who would rise with me? Will you ride with me? Because he's a mighty warrior. And he's leading this army. And it also says, it says, the Lord is at the head of the column. He leads them with a shout. This is his mighty army. And it says, and they follow his orders. When I looked up the Amplified, this is what it says. He said, they are strong and powerful. It's he who obediently carries out his word. Mighty are those who obey his word. The message is even better. It says, the army is so disciplined, so determined. Each knows his job and does it undaunted, fearless, unswerving, unstoppable kingdom of heaven is unstoppable. Joel continues, and this is what he says. He said, this is what's going to happen. The ram's horn is going to be blown. Okay, and the ram's horn was always to say, come, come in together. Okay, this is not the season not to come to church. This is not the season not to be planted. He says, come, come together as one. Announce the time of fasting. Call the bridegroom, that's Jesus, from his quarters and the bride from her private room. The bridegroom is coming. Be ready. And then he says, he declares that the cry of the people will be, spare the people, Lord. And what he's saying is the church is going to enter into deep intercession for the lost. Spare the people, God. Okay, and he goes on and he says, as they cry out for the lost, God hears. Church, if you're wanting a bumper crop, okay, it's time to cry out. Don't give up, cry out. Not for us, for them. I don't know how many of you know friends who are doing it really tough at the moment, really tough. We need to cry out for them. But this is what Joel says. When we do that, this is what the Lord says. Then the Lord will pity his people and jealously guard the honor of this land. The Lord will reply, look, we've got to see. Look, I'm sending you grain and new wine and olive oil, enough to satisfy your needs. He reminds it that God will drive out your enemies. And he paints a picture of what's to come. Just picture this. This is what he says. For the wilderness pastures will soon be green. Have you noticed the green out there? Okay. The trees will again be filled with fruit. Fig trees and grapevines will be loaded down once more. Rejoice, you people of Jerusalem. Rejoice in the Lord your God, for the rain he sends demonstrates his faithfulness. Once more, the autumn rains will come, as well as the rains of spring. The threshing floors will again be piled high with grain, and the presses will overflow with new wine and olive oil. The Lord says, I will give you back what you lost. That's a word for someone here today. God says, I will give you back what you've lost. And what you lost to what? The swarming locusts? The hopping locusts, the stripping locusts, and the cutting locusts. What he's saying is no matter what your life has been through, his promise to you in this era of, of bumper crop, he will restore all, all. 
And I love how it finishes. Joel finishes the property with the Lord's promise of his spirit being poured out. He says, then, after all these things, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. We saw that last Sunday. Okay, your young men will see visions. In those days, I will pour out my spirit, even on servants, men and women alike, and I will cause wonders in the heavens and on the earth, blood and fire and columns of smoke. The sun will become dark and the moon will turn blood red before the great and terrible day of the Lord arrives. But every single person, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. What hope is in there for our prayers for our loved ones? You see, he reminds us there's an army rising up. That army is you and I. You get to choose. Do you want to be a part of that? He reminds us that he pushes back our enemies. He reminds us that he's a God of restoration. And I love what it says in the Message Bible. You know what the heading is? The trees are bearing fruit again. Don't you like that heading? The trees are bearing fruit again. If you have been in winter and there's been no fruit on your trees, he is saying the trees are bearing fruit again. He says, celebrate God has done great things. The trees are bearing fruit again. A bumper crop. It's coming, okay? He says, celebrate, be glad in your God. He is good. He's given you a teacher to train you how to live right. Teaching like rain out of heaven, showers for your body, silos full of grain, casks of wine and barrels of olive oil. See, Joel was making the declaration about the Holy Spirit. Because it's by the power of the Holy Spirit that the bumper rain comes, the bumper, bumper crop. And we need those rains. He is a God of, of restoration, church. And last week, did you enjoy Pastor Andrew Evans? I loved him. Everything in me was leaping because he didn't know what God was speaking in my heart. I get to, before I come to church, I was praying, and God starts to speak to me about our nation, Australia. And he starts to say to me, Claire, there's something coming. This bumper crop is all about Australia. It's about rain coming down on our nation and about things happening. And, and I love that. When I walked past Pastor Andrew, and I just glanced over his notes before he got up, and his, heart, his heading was, revival for Australia and everything in me leapt because I'm like yes that's what I was thinking this morning too so he was right on track but I didn't know that um, what he said about we're so close to the end because there's only a couple of hundred unreached people groups that have not heard the gospel yet how close are we church that word awake is so relevant to you and I in our Christian walk today be awake so I want to read to you the prophecy that Smith Wigglesworth had over Australia over a hundred years ago. This is what was said. Now, Smith Wigglesworth was a mighty man of God, a prophet, but also an evangelist. He saw amazing things happen. He moved in miracles, signs and wonders. And this is what he wrote. It was written a hundred years ago. Australia, you've been chosen by God for a great move of the Holy Spirit. This move of God will be the greatest move of God ever known in mankind's history and will start towards the end of the 20th century and move into the 21st century. This move of God will start a great revival in Australia, spread throughout the whole world and usher in the second coming of Jesus. This will be the final revival before the coming of the Lord Church. We are a part of something very big. Get into your lane. Do not be found on the sidelines in this era. It is time. 2020, there's a loud trumpet call going out over his church. Be a wide and awake church. And then on the same site that I, I got that prophecy, the pastor, he wrote this on the 12th of May, 2017, just three years ago. 
from 2 a.m. to 5.15, I had an amazing encounter with the Lord. It started off when I woke up at 2 a.m. and was very restless and could not sleep. I tried to sleep but ended up praying in tongues for almost an hour. While praying, I had a real sense that there was a word coming from God, but it was blocked by the principalities and powers of darkness in high places. So I continued to press on in prayer. Around 4 a.m., I received the word. Listen up, church. My son. The time for the word spoken by Smith Wigglesworth to come to fulfillment is at hand. I want my church to prepare in the next three years for a mighty outpouring of my presence, which will start a national reformation starting 2020 to 2030. A reformation of love and the power of the Holy Spirit fire. This revival fire will turn the nations back to me and cause national reformation throughout the whole world in many nations. Australia, you have been chosen. You have been chosen. Are you excited? Okay. But you've got to play your part. Okay. It's not sitting on the seat. Okay. Your yes to God has got to look like something. It's got to look like something. We know that Australia has been a drought, hasn't it? It's been a drought. And we know that the Gold Coast has had a little bit of rain. And if you are anything like our house, the grass is growing profusely. It's growing while we sleep. Everything is looking green. Imagine that in the spirit. Okay? God is calling his church to pray for rain. Pray for rain. There's something we need to do for this bumper crop. It doesn't just happen. Okay? God wants to pour out his spirit. He's waiting for us. Church, rise up. Church, be awake. He says, come on. It's time. It's time to declare what he says. You know, I, I'm so amazed that in the rain, anything grows if it gets wet. <laughs> David knows he's pulling out weeds everywhere. Any seed that gets in the presence of God is going to grow. It is just going to grow. And I read in Acts this week that the, the church in Acts, if you want to know what bumper crop, look, bumper crop looks like, read Acts. In the church of Acts, great persecution came against the church. Do you know what they did? They entered into a deep season of intercession. They went to their knees. Why do we pray? Tell me, why do we pray? We pray because there's a lost world out there that needs the reign of God's love. They need to be healed and set free and delivered. We need to pray, church, and they need to know who Jesus is. How will they know unless we tell them? Okay, pray like you've never prayed before. There's a great outpouring coming. God is wanting you and I. He wants to use us. He always responds to the, pray, the cry of his people. He, cry, he listens to us, okay? And as our nation has been in drought, I was in a prayer meeting last year, last July, with 18,000 people. It must have been one of the most powerful prayer meetings I've ever been in. There's something about a corporate, about coming together, of praying together, of believing together, of worshiping together. This morning we're singing. Do you know, someone told me, and I don't even know if it's true, but I'm presuming it is because it makes sense. They told me when we come into worship together, all our hearts start to beat as one. Like, you know, that's pretty amazing. Okay, our hearts start to beat as one. Something happens, and whether that's true or not, that's, I don't know. <laughs> I'll leave that with you. <laughs> but our church, our, our nation needs rain. Rain in our homes and our families. Our families are broken. Our young ones are struggling. Okay, there's so much heartache. There's so much brokenness. Church, we've got, we've got an assignment. It's time. We need to pray. And while I was writing this, I was so reminded of a story, and it's kind of a little bit crazy. It was a story of an outback town in Australia, about 326 miles from the water. And what happened was a cloud came in. 
And this cloud started to pour down rain, but also pour down fish in the middle of the desert. Anyone else heard that story? It's actually been documented. It's, it's real. It's true. And what happened is they all ran outside and heard plop, plop, plop. <laughs> and it was not hail or just rain. It was fish. And they're 300-odd miles away from sea. And what they found, that the scientists said what happened was a tornado or whirlwind had developed over the sea and it had sucked these fish up and then the wind had caused the cloud to go inland and as it had gone inland, because these fish had gone so high, a lot of them had frozen up there and when the warmer weather in the inland got them to melt a little bit, they started falling out of the sky and they rained fish. Like, that is wow, hey. But what, what spoke to me was this rain and any rain in our life, even in the natural, something changes in the atmosphere to cause the rain. Something was happening to cause that whirlwind to bring those fish in. And they were, I mean, goodness, they would have had fish for weeks. Apparently it took seven days. They were continually picking up fish. That, to me, is a bumper crop, isn't it? You know, sometimes nature speaks what God is saying. He's showing us something. And then in 2016, and I've shared this story before, but in 2016, Death Valley in California had an unusual amount of rain in the valley. And I don't know if you know Death Valley, but nothing grows in there. They say that at one point in history, it got up to 56 degrees Celsius. It is death. It is dry. There's nothing. But this year when they had all that rain... What they found was seeds that were so deep in the ground, the water soaked down deep enough to activate seeds that had been dormant for over hundreds of years, and they began to bloom, and a carpet of flowers was seen. I've got a picture for you, I think, if they put it up for you to see, and they called it a super bloom. They said some flowers had not been seen for over 100 years, and they didn't even know those seeds were there. And the range of the park, this is what he said. He said, I realized there were so many seeds out there just waiting to sprout. When you get the perfect conditions, the perfect storm, the seeds can all sprout at once. <laughs> That's bumper crop. He says, Death Valley goes from being a valley of death to a valley of life. Unusual events are about to happen, church. Okay, God will cause rain when his people start to pray. And he will activate dormant seeds. He will. You see, the CSIRO says that a flood will activate dormant seeds. A flood means it is so deeply saturated into the ground that what has been buried so deep over hard and dry ground, its water reaches it and activates something. And I couldn't help but think about that, thinking, well, that's kind of like people. God has put seeds in our heart. How many of us have done RI training or, or into schools or shared your testimony with somebody and there's a seed gone in of God's kingdom and we've seen nothing? But when God's presence come, oh, see, we need a flood of God's spirit, hey. And the perfect atmosphere will cause that rain to come down. It is such a privilege to be alive in this time. Church, I want you to wake up and listen to what God is saying. Acts 14 says that in those, that early church, God poured down rain and gave bumper crops. You can read it for yourself. He gave bumper crops, always in the response of the people who called out to cry and cried out to him. You know, what about the prodigals? I don't know. Who's got prodigals in their family? Anyone got prodigals? Okay, people in their family that you know they need Jesus. They need to know Jesus. What about the prodigals? Well, the Lord said to me, end of last year, he said, Claire, prepare the fatted calf. Do you know what that is? If you read the story of the prodigal son, okay, the prodigal son decided he didn't want what the father had, took his inheritance, went down the road, spread it, spent it all, had nothing left, found himself in the pig's pen at the end, and he turned around and said, I'm going to come home. 
I'm going to come home to the father. Because at least the father, his servants get food and I don't have to eat the pig slop. And so he comes home. But you see, while he was away, you know what the father had been doing? He had this little calf and he's feeding it up. So I'm feeding him up. He says, everyone, guess what? This is a fatted calf. And they're like, the fatted calf? What's the fatted calf caught for? A celebration for when my son comes home. He was prophetically calling in something before his son had even come home. And when God said, prepare the fatted calf, there are people in your life and mine that God is saying to you, use your mouth this year, prophesy over them that they're going to come home. They're going to come home. What's your prophetic act today for your, for your prodigal? What's your prophetic act today for the mountain in front of you that you can't see past? What do you need to do? Start to speak over. Declare what God is saying. Ask him, show him, Lord, what does it look like from your view? See, the father knew he would come home. Otherwise, he wouldn't have put the fatted calf, feeding him, feeding him. He knew he's coming home. He was expectant. And the other thing, he was looking down the road constantly. You see there? So you've got to have your eyes open, church. Elijah dug the ditches. Elijah prayed for rain, but he dug the ditches in preparation for the rain. He knew the rain was coming. He read it in the spirit. We have a baby coming in our house in about a month's time. And um, you know what I've realized? We're not praying about the baby. You know what we're doing? We're preparing because we know the baby's coming. We're preparing because there's no doubt that the baby's coming. It's coming. The preparation is the important part. So Kate and Matt are getting prams and doing things for the baby. That's what we need to be. We need to be about our father's business. Church, reign of the spirit is coming. I was woken up during the week this week, and the Lord spoke to me. <laughs> and it was really funny because in the middle of the night, we, ha- we have had no rain this week, have we? And he says to me, clear out the drain pipes. <laughs> and God knows, I don't do the house maintenance. <laughs> David does it. And he says, clear out the drain pipes. You want to get as much rain as possible. Do you want to get as much rain as possible? See, I knew what he was saying. And in our house, we haven't had a lot of rain. Well, we did recently, but not, not before that. And we've got a lot of trees around it. And a lot of leaves has fallen into our down pipes. And every time we get a downpour, David runs outside, or Tennille, because Tennille does it too, and clears out all the downpipes so that we can get the, um, the huge amount of rain that we need to fill our tanks. So there was a clearing out that has to happen because that water is precious. When God pours out his spirit, church, what he was saying to me, clean up your heart. Okay, deal with the stuff. Don't live, church, when I can fit it in. What is that? That's no army in that. Don't be the one who says, I don't feel like it today. I'm not going to praise you because I don't feel like it. That's wimpy. Come on. There's no army soldier I know that's like that. Okay, we've we've got a job to do. We've got our father's business. And he said to me, Claire, find yourself continually on your knees in repentance. God, forgive me. I know I have sinned. I am a sinner. I don't do it right. I get bad attitudes, I get bitter, I get angry, I get disappointed, I have unmet expectations around people in my life, God forgive me, I'm going to come to the cross again, and again, and again, and again, and every time I do, he says you're clearing out those drain pipes ready for the rain to come, every time you do, the rain comes and it softens your hard heart, he said every time you do that, you're saying I can't, but he can, he can church. He can, and I, and I made this declaration this year. You would have heard me say it. I refuse to do this year like I did it last year. I refuse to do the same old compromises. I refuse to do the same things that I found myself doing and falling into failure. 
This year I'm going to do it different, but I'm going to do it by the dunamis power that lives inside of me so I can walk into the bumper crop that God has. And I really believe, church, that often, you know, we say we suffer, but often we suffer because of the sin in our life, because we don't deal with the stuff. And it's no, you can't have that and this. He's a holy God. He loves you. He wants to bring blessing into your life. But we have an enemy out there that is legal right, and he says, you sin, that's my territory. I'm coming knocking. Pay up. Pay up. And I don't want him to have anything in common in my life. Nothing. So I find myself on the cross every day. Jesus, would you wash me? Every accusation the enemy has against me, would you wash me with the blood of Jesus? That cross, that's our way home, church. That cross needs to be central in your life. If you've been going through the fire, maybe God is cleaning out the gunk. Maybe he's cleaning out the gunk. And you say you can carry the more of him. So much more there for us. Church, would you let your roots go deep? Would you let your roots go deep? We do need to have that spirit of repentance over our life. You know, I believe this year, I have this little saying on my desk, and it says, this year, if you want something you never have, had, you have to do something you've never done. Are you ready? Do you want a bumper crop? Are you ready to pray? We have a prayer meeting here at 6 a.m. Not that you don't have to be at that prayer meeting, but can I tell you? Okay, it's when the church prays. We've run out of time, and I had another point, and it was stay positioned. And if you're happy for me to just give you another five minutes, is that okay? Okay, I'll just try and shorten this last little bit. When I was away, Esther sent me a little... Um, a little article, and it really spoke to me because that last point, stay positioned while you stay faithful, is really important because often when you're believing for something, for a long time you see nothing. For a long time you see no change. And this little article, it was about a farmer who, who planted a Chinese bamboo plant. Does anyone know about bamboo, Chinese bamboo plants? Okay, and this little plant needs water, fertile soil, and sunshine to grow. So he planted it and he watered it every day. And the first year there was no visible signs of anything happening. But every day he would go and he would water the plant. The second year, again, no growth, but he continued to water the plant and water the plant. And by the third year, I mean by the stage, his neighbours thought he was crazy. But the third year he's again watering his plant, fertilising it, making sure if something's happening down there, I'm just going to make sure everything's going there. People began to laugh at him. Think you're stupid. How crazy. Nothing's going to happen. The fourth year, still nothing happened with that little Chinese bamboo plant. Nothing at all. But he continually watered and nurtured this plant. Continued every day, watering and watering and watering. On the fifth year, I think he was just about ready to give up. But guess what? A miracle happened. That little Chinese bamboo plant on the fifth year grew so tall that in six weeks it grew to 90 feet tall. And this is what the little article said. Does the Chinese bamboo tree really grow 80 feet in six weeks? Did the Chinese bamboo tree lie dormant for four years, only to grow exponentially in the fifth? Or was the little tree growing underground, developing a root system strong enough to support its potential for outward growth in the fifth and beyond? Had the tree not developed a strong unseen foundation, it could not have sustained its life as it grew. You see, it was going to be a tall tree. It needed deep roots. It needed deep roots. And church, can I ask you today, a bumper crop's going to come. It is. I have no doubt about it. 
Absolutely no doubt. But what are you prophesying? What are you nurturing? What are you watering in your life? Is it what you see or is it what God says? Because if you will continue, you see, just like that song, even when I can't see it, he's working. Even when I don't feel it, he's working. Even when everything looks the same as it was, he's working. Because what is he doing? He's developing a root system in your life and mine for the tall tree that he wants us to grow into. He says a bumper crop can be yours. Will you pray, church? Would you, would you find yourself on your knees? Would you come down to your knees and say, God, it's going to cost me something? It's going to cost me something. It is. But will you be the one? I know I want to be the one because I want to see the bumper crop in my life. It's so important, church. It's so important. There are people out there that need us. They need us to do this. And will you stay faithful? Will you stay faithful? One more thing, and the musicians can come up. Last year, I got to go to Hillsong. And I got to go into a meeting. And I didn't know why I was there. I had no idea why I was there. And I wasn't registered for this meeting. And I walked in and just knew God had called me into this room. And uh, Robert Ferguson was preaching. And um, I just thought, this is the strangest thing. I'm lining up to get in the room. It was so many people. I hadn't registered. And I thought, I'm not going to get in. Out of nowhere, a man comes up to me with a high-vis t-shirt on. And he says, you will get in. Like straight to my face, you will get in. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'll stay in line. And I did. And I went and sat into this room. And I went to the back because it was full. And I sat down and two little Asian girls came and sat next to me. We just chatted while we wait for the music, to, the, the message to start. And then a very official lady came up to me. And she said, would you mind moving? And I'm like, sure, no worries. <laughs> I'm thinking the back of the room. You know, I'm already sitting but. I'm just going to stand now. And she said, no, could you come with me? She said, you can bring your friends. I love that. You can bring your friends. So I said, okay. And she said, would you mind coming to the front? And I'm like, oh, okay. And these girls were like, yes, we're coming. And he, what she did, she took me right down to the front of the auditorium. Now, we have a lot of people in this meeting. And she placed me right in the center, right there where you're sitting. That's where I got placed, right there. And straight away, I knew God was saying to me, Claire, listen up. There's something in here for you. Listen up. Robert Ferguson gets up, and you know what he starts to talk about? He said, Hillsong had been praying for revival. He said, we are believing for our nation to know Jesus. He said, it's always been the cross equals love. But he said, it's time that we as people do something about this. And so for the last year, they've been praying and speaking into revival. And I've got front row seats. And you know what was so special about that? Because many years ago, God started to speak to my heart about what he was bringing to Australia. Many, many years ago. And I started to pray into revival. I started to say, God, if there's revival, don't you dare leave me out. I've got FOMO around revival. I don't want to miss out on the move of God. I want to be right there. And I used to pray that every day. I said, God, stir up the gift of God in me. Don't let me miss this. Keep me awake. And guess what, church? I fell asleep. I fell asleep. And when he pulled me to the front row, you know what he was doing? He was answering a prayer in my life that I'd stop praying. Because this is the era we've walked into, those prayers that we used to pray and we stopped because he got disappointed. It got such a long time to wait that I fell asleep. In that moment, I, I woke up. I, woke, I knew it, everything in my spirit came alive again. 
It came alive. And he started to speak and he started to say that God used unusual people. And he said there were two ladies. One, she was a little old lady. Her name was Christine and she was arthritic. And the other was Peggy, Peggy Smith, Christine and Peggy Smith. And they decided that their little church needed revival. So they started to get up early. They started to stay up late at night. They started to pray. And they started to say, God, we need you to come. There's lost people out there. Our families are are breaking up. Our, Our children are going wayward. We need your presence, Jesus. And as they started to pray, they did not lose their posts. They did not stop. They kept praying and praying. And he said, suddenly, suddenly, he said, 3 a.m. on one, one morning, he said, revival broke out. And people were streaming out of their homes, lying down on the floor, on their knees, saying, Jesus, we need to be saved. We've got to find God. Church, that is revival. Two little ladies, I guarantee neither of you, any of you here have ever heard their names before unless you've read revival books. Two little insignificant ladies who want to reach into heaven and bring something out that that heaven has prophesied in His Word about. They were willing to stand and say, yes, Jesus, use my prayers. I'm going to cry out. Church, wake up. Don't miss this. Don't miss this. And what He said, can I read you what He said? He was amazing what He said. He said, there are thin places around the world Thin places, he described, were places where people had broken through something in the Spirit and the gap between heaven and earth was thin. Miracles happen in thin places. He said God's Spirit gets poured out in thin places. He said that's where you'll find the bumper crops, where there's people of God, there's churches who are willing to be the thin places, that there would be a small gap between heaven and earth, that miracles would flow because there's people in that house that cry out to God, say, God, would you use me? God, would you bring heaven and earth through me? Heaven to earth through me. Church, he's looking for those churches that will be thin places. Will that be you today? Will that be you today? I pray it will be me. I want heaven to flow through my life. I don't want to do the year where I'm just doing the Christian thing. I want to see God move. I want to see lives change. I want to see chains broken of addiction. I want to see those who were dead come alive. I want to see families reunited, marriages made whole. I am not satisfied. I want the more. I want what Joel said. Is anyone with me? Are you hungry? Are you hungry, church? Would you stand? Would you stand? Are you hungry for that? Do you want to be a thin place? Do you want to be a thin place, church? You see, Robert Ferguson said one more thing. He said, one of the things that hindered the continuity of revival was a shortage of committed people. Shortage of committed people. Really? Way up the cost, church. Refuse to step back this year and believe with everything in your heart that your bumper crop is coming. What Joel prophesied, God, Would you pour out your spirit again? Would you use my life? If that's you this morning, raise your hands. Raise your hands. I want to pray. I want to pray over you. I want to pray that you would hear the trumpet sound. I want to pray that God will give you every resource you need. If you're a businessman here in this room today, can I tell you that if you want resources to flow through your business, connect to the harvest. Connect to the harvest. Jesus, you see every hand in this room that's hungry. Hungry, Lord, to see the reality of the kingdom of heaven here on earth. So I pray, Jesus, 
that you would stir up the gift of God. Stir it up. I ask for the anointing oil to come down, the anointing oil that breaks yokes, the anointing oil that consecrates, Lord, and commissions your people to do your will. I ask for resources. I ask that you'd create margin in their life, that they would be like Christine Smith and Peggy Sue, and they would bow the knee and start to cry out that the things that have been hindering them, I ask for chains to fall off. When they get up, when they are awake, that those chains would fall off in Jesus' name. I pray that mighty army would be those, Lord, who are obedient to your word. I ask that there would be a response in this house, that those who don't know Jesus would say, I want to know this God. I want to know Him. I want to know Him because I want my family to be blessed. I want my neighbour to know Jesus. Father, I ask that you would start to activate the dormant seeds. I ask for rain of your Holy Spirit to come in Jesus' name. I ask that our hearts would stay soft. I pray, Lord, over every person in this life, in this room, that they would be stirred up in their spirit. Stir up the flame and the passion for your name and the, and the cause of Jesus Christ. Lord, would be upon our lips. I ask for boldness and confidence to be able to speak what you tell us to be able to declare a thing and it shall be established, that we would have rain coming over our seeds and that every single person in this room would step into a place of the bumper crop. In Jesus' name.